Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to what is for sure going to be a really interesting episode of Training Unleashed. With me today is Scott Drake. He is the founder and executive director at Jump Coach. This person is on a mission in three years to train a million people. Scott, let's just start there. What is that about and why does that matter? Yeah, so my goal is to grow a million leaders in the next three years. And part of that came about because, well, number one, you look at every survey, every uh, uh, thing, talking to HR leaders, talking to even executives is one of the biggest problems they see is the lack of leadership in their organizations. And it's not just top level leadership, it's frontline leadership, it's leadership from the very front line through through the various levels that we just don't have enough leaders. And we just haven't had really effective leadership training. Uh, you know, my journey took me about 10 years to kind of level up from that role player into being a confident, competent leader, you know, and that's a that's a long learning curve. And so it's really how do we shortcut this? And then how do we do it on a, on a pretty big scale? Because uh, if we can fix some of these leadership problems, and I think we can fix a lot of other problems, too. So that's my goal. It's a very ambitious goal. Yeah, a very, very ambitious goal. Yeah. Let's let's just start with a really basic question. What is a leader? So I define leadership as someone who can work through others to get things done, right? First, that's a great question, right? There's a lot of debate and a lot of, if you go ask that question of a lot of leaders, most of them are kind of scratching their head or they're going to fall back to being, I came out of computer programming, they're going to be the super version of computer programmer, but it's truly a leader is someone who can work through others to get things done. It's different from management, which is more around, you know, what tasks are we going to tackle and how are we going to do it? It's truly about how do I get things done by working through others? And it could be, go ahead. No, no, I just going to say, I think one of the biggest confusions there is, is people confuse management with leadership. There, there's, it's totally different. And I think a person that doesn't manage a single person can still be like the leader in the, or, in the organization. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, a leader can be anything from, you know, uh, a nonprofit executive who's rallying a group of people to help solve a problem. It can be anything from that to, you know, the the computer programmer who has no authority, but has to work through their team to get certain things solved so that the, the whole of the, the, the project comes together. So yeah, it, it runs the gamut from, you know, a whole range of things. And it's not about authority and it's not about management. It's not about control. It's about how do I work through others in an effective and a healthy way to get things done. I like the term, it's who you be, it's how you mm -hmm. come off, it's how you, how you relate to people in, in a large way. I, by the way, I'm going to ask a question, but I'm clear, I agree with you. <laughs> Why do you think there's such a shortage of leaders? So you're rewarded, we're rewarded in most cultures our whole life for having the answer, for being the best. Uh, and then, so our, our ego gets kind of attached to having answers and our ego gets attached to being the person who can solve every problem. But again, a leader's job is to work through others, is not to do everything themselves. So there's that, there's a mindset shift, which is, which is the, one of the cores of what I teach, but it's the hardest thing to do because again, 
you know, when I was the computer programmer, Scott, I was rewarded for being a great computer programmer and having the answers. And as soon as I started leading, I had to stop. I had to shift my attitude and my ego away from that and attach my ego to something different. And most people don't understand that or they don't want to do it, right? So, because it's really hard. I mean, it's really hard to say my ego is, is, is here and now I have to move it someplace else. So that's why we have so few is, and if you look at there's studies from the, there's one published about 15 years ago in Harvard Business Review that really digs into that it's not about style or skills. It's about that mindset shift. It's about um, how do you respond when, when status is challenged and some of those things. So that's really the biggest reason why uh, there, there are so few good leaders and, and great leaders. So let, let's talk about mind, uh, mindset shift, because mm -hmm. I, I, I think it's an important part of the conversation. What is the shift? Where are people at and where do they need to shift to? So most people are uh, very inwardly focused. They're focused on what am I bringing to the table? They're focused on how do I stand out? Uh, how am I contributing? How can I be valuable, right? And for the most part, those are what I'm bringing and what I'm doing, okay? And a leader kind of has to shift to that outward focus and say, what does this person want from this work? Like, I know I need to get X done. I know we need to accomplish these goals, but what does this person want? So it has to become, what do they want, not what do I want, right? And then all those things that you wanted for yourself are largely what a lot of those other people want. So you have to be willing to turn that off for yourself and give those up for yourself so that you're not in what I call a competency war with your team and you let your team take ownership and do those things, right? So that's a big one is, is, to, be, is, to, is to adopt an outward focus. Um, they learn to slow down time. They learn to, to respond instead of react. That's why emotional intelligence becomes so important is that there's a lot of things that trigger us right and, and trigger us in good ways or bad ways and you really have to start to understand what those are and then you know the third one is recognize your ripple effects like when you act there's often second and third order impacts that a lot of us don't understand right so so as a leader you have to really start to recognize you know what uh, what some of those are and uh so yeah those are those are a few of the things that that kind of go into that shift and how to do the shift as well to a point so to me, one of the strongest uh, signs of a really powerful leader is leaders create leaders. Mm -hmm. And so what advice would you give to the audience if they wanted to create more leaders in their organization? Yeah. So we actually created a scorecard, right? It's, it's made up of four goals and nine jobs. And it breaks down, it's actually 39 checklist items. And the four goals are to uh, get results with an engaged team for enthusiastic customers while creating more leaders, okay? The nine jobs, I'm not gonna sit here and rattle them off, but there are things like being a coach and challenging the team and nurturing a healthy culture, right? These are, these are things that are very hard for a single person to do, right? As a single leader trying to do all of this by myself, it is very hard for me to, for example, uh, hold accountability or to establish the proper standards for our work or establish the, the, the proper, uh, some of the cultural factors and some of those things. So to me, if you can take something like that and you can bring it together with your team of leaders, then it gives you this common playbook. 
It gives you this common set of goals and set of jobs and tasks and things that need to be done that you no longer have to do them all yourself, right? And it gives an opportunity for, for those leaders to work better together, at least from the same playbook. So that's, that's to me the easiest and the best way. And the only way I've found to do it for myself personally is to, to really work from, from that goals and jobs and then distribute that amongst your team. So what I'm hearing you say, just put more bluntly, is you're creating clear context, clear expectations, and you're being deliberate in your actions. Yeah. 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 Cool. Very cool. You refer to yourself as a social entrepreneur, yep. which is a cool word. And, you know, with the advent of B Corps and other things, I think companies are becoming much more socially aware. What is a social entrepreneur? So for me, it's, it's a quick way of saying that we're not a, we're not a nonprofit, like we're out to make a profit, but profit isn't my number one motivator, right? I have to have a sustainable company, but my goal is to have a, an impact beyond just profit. Uh, so, so that's to me what a social entrepreneur is. Uh, we will go down the B Corp route eventually, but it's, it's, we're, we're still a, a pretty young company. So I think in time, that's, that's definitely a path we'll walk. Yeah. Well, I, I it's it, the B Corp does take a, a little bit more, I think, maturity for most companies to get to be able to step into it. Yeah. Uh, your goal of a million people is lofty. How yeah. are you going to, how are you going to do it? So, yeah, I, well, let's, let's talk in a year and two and three and see how far down that path I've gone. But yeah, so it, it's really going to be a lot of marketing. It's going to be a lot of building awareness. Uh, it's removing as many barriers as I can. Right. So again, we, we offer a community version that's at no cost, like cost is a barrier to a lot of training. So we're going to strip away the cost barrier. Time is a barrier to a lot of training. So a lot of what we do is short form. Uh, it's not a three day workshop. It's a one hour lesson followed by assignments. Right. It's, it's, it's a little bit more modern take. So it's really looking at what is preventing people from getting the training they need today. And then stripping away as many of those barriers as possible and making really a best-in-class training experience available to as many people as we can. And then, yeah, go out and build awareness is, is, uh, is going to be a lot of my, my life for the next you know, two or three years, uh, speaking at a lot of conferences and traveling and doing as much as I can just to build the word. Or treating it a lot like a book launch, to be honest with you. That's kind of, kind of the way, yeah, kind of the way uh, uh, a lot of people go out there and try to get those ideas to spread, uh, same, same things that we're trying to do. How do you, how do you measure how many people you impact? I mean, you're like, like right now you're impacting people, right? Yeah. People are listening, you're impact, yeah. but you don't know how many, and you don't know how many are going to go back and say, you know, I just listened to Scott and he shared something pretty interesting. And then they, they share it. I mean, it seems like it, it's going to be difficult to measure. It's going to be, it, it's so, yeah, I, the, the measure I'm going off of is that we have created some courses and it's going to be how many people can I get through those courses, at least partially. Um, and, you know, I don't know, the, the, the last company I was with was a medical education company and our goal was to help educate half the world's medical doctors, right? And we had similar conversations around that to say, how do we actually measure what does it mean that we help? And it, and it had kind of a little bit of a looser definition because, you know, med schools are so different around the world that, that we were truly a, a, an international organization. So we kind of measured a bit different, but yeah, I would actually like to get a million people, at least partially through some of our training. Uh, oh, whether it's the mindset lesson or a scorecard lesson or just one of our lessons, I want people to actually go through this and, and get value from it is, is my goal. I like the clarity of the goal. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're, it's not fuzzy, right? Yeah. You can yeah. literally count it. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's the you know key to a good goal is, is something that you can count and you can measure. And let's face it, if, if, if you get a million and a half through or you get three quarters of a million people through, either one is an amazing accomplishment. Yes. Um, so uh, having and setting intentions, great. Let's just talk about leadership for just a second here. Because sure. everyone listening here, I would suspect, would like to be a better leader. Um, just, just some of your tips and things and ideas or things you can share that can make people more impactful leader, just, uh, just maybe enticement. So maybe they'll want to go take some of your other courses a little, little later when we talk about that. Yeah. So, so yeah, we, we kind of touched a little bit on leadership is, it's not as much about skills, right? There's a hundred skills a person could need and, and, but most of us only need 20 or 30. But the, the, the reality of, of whatever our situation is, whether it's our level or whether it's the type of organization we run or whatever, is going to drive the different skills. So get okay with the idea that there is no one size fits all. What works for Scott may not work for Evan. What works for Evan may not work for you. And it's this idea that you need to go on a journey and you're going to be on this journey to being whatever that definition is of leadership that works best for you in your organization. So it's not so much about doing exactly what everybody else is doing. You know, I love uh, Brené Brown, right? It's a great book for most people, but if you don't get something from it, it's okay, right? It's, it's just, you know, you don't have to, to, to be following the herd in every single way and everything that they're doing. It really is about starting with that mindset. It's starting with, with saying, I want to get value from working through others and not doing it all myself and making that choice. It's a choice, right? It's not a, it's, it's, there's some things and some tactics and some things that you can do that'll help you, but it's really choosing to be a good leader and choosing to detach your ego. And it's, it's, um, it sounds simple, but that's where it starts. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the other thing. And, I, and we can talk about this is this, what I, what I teach a lot of is what's called moments that matter that leadership happens in those points of interaction between people. And if people get what they need in those moments and they get, but then, then you're going to be successful. What happens a lot of times is people get things they don't need. They get confusion or they get competition from their boss to solve this problem instead of the freedom to solve it themselves. Right? So if in those moments, right, people get what they need and none of what they don't need, then you're going to really thrive as a leader. But that alone is less about skills and so more about mindset. And it's more about how you're approaching and how you're showing up as a leader. So that's, that's some of my, my, you know, I guess lower level or, or higher level advice. Tortle Training's Learning Matter experts are passionate about designing effective solutions that move the needle. Whether your organization needs development of e-learning courses, instructor-led training, or assistance with creating optimized electronic versions of employee handbooks, our team can help. To learn more, Visit tortle.com slash learning dash development. Yeah. So I, as I'm listening to you, part of what I'm hearing is people need to learn to delegate and not just do everything themselves. But there's a difference between delegating and effective leadership. Mm -hmm. Because if you're in power, you can delegate. But that doesn't mean the person that you delegated to a knows how to do what you delegated. B is motivated to do it um, and inspired to do it. Maybe a little bit about how one begins. Maybe that would be a, a good place to spend a little bit of time here. 
Yeah. So sure. So like the fifth job, we go back to my scoreboard, a scorecard. Fifth job is to what's the vision? What's the vision? What's our standards? And then um, the sixth job is to really challenge the team. So if you can state a clear vision and you can state the standards that we're working towards, like, again, my goal was to, was to strip barriers out of training. So I made different decisions about that training than somebody whose standards were to be as thorough as possible. They were going to do a 16 hour workshop, right? So, you, so you can solve the same problem, reach the same vision in different ways. What is our way that we're going about it? And as a leader, that's really your only job is to make sure that that vision is clear. And then some, some work is very routine. Right. We do it the same way over and over. Think of fast food restaurant. When you start working there, they train you on the processes because the work is done so often that processes make sense. It's a very mechanistic system. And if you're in that world where the things that you're delegating are very mechanistic and you do them a lot, then, yeah, you should be training your team on how to do these things. And you should be setting much tighter standards on what success looks like. But then there's a different type of work, which is uh, creative. And it's more organic, like computer programming that I came out of, uh, you know, design, architecture, engineering, all those kinds of things. Training, honestly, is, is, is one of those things where you have to, again, set the vision and set standards. But then at that point, you don't want to have to map out exactly how everything is going to work, right? You want to challenge your team to figure out how to make it work. So, yeah, so it starts with that vision. And then you got to figure out, is this mechanistic or organic? And what is what is my the technique that I need to use. And then once you know that, then you can know how do I want to present this to the team so that they're going to be more motivated, so that they're going to have more autonomy to do it and, and, and help me. Uh, so that's what's going to drive those. So that's the starting point of it. I like it. It's a great way to start. Yeah. Very good way to start. Um, what I also like a lot is that you've created easy ways and methods for people to learn. You're looking to maximize input impact mm -hmm. by touching a lot of people and making maybe a little difference mm -hmm. to a lot of people versus focusing on 10 people making a major difference in 10 people. But that little difference is a, is a little bit of a ripple effect. And let's just talk about that because I know the ripple effects a big part of, of what you're looking to accomplish. What do you see as the ripple effect of your work? I mean, big picture, I hope that companies can run better. I hope that people can have happier careers, right? And your boss is a big driver of how much you enjoy your work. So I really do hope that people can uh, have better bosses. I think everybody deserves to have a great boss, right? Everybody deserves to have a great place to work, right? That only happens when you have really good leadership. So I hope that those happen. I hope that there are some things where there's some people with some great ideas and they can't do it themselves if they didn't know how to work through others, that they can learn how to work through others. They can learn how to lead. And that, you know, opens up their ability to do some things that the world otherwise wouldn't have seen. I mean, those are some of the things that I really hope that through this work that I can, uh, you know, impact, uh, impact the world and impact, you know, the work of others in, in a very positive way. You know, I, re I really believe that when one person shifts and changes, it impacts hundreds mm -hmm. because other people see it and they go, oh, wow. And that inspires them mm -hmm. and they shift and then they shift to another person. And it's interesting because I also talk on leadership mm -hmm. and the number one question that I get is, okay, I really, really get this. This makes complete sense to me, but, you know, my manager doesn't get this. You know, how do, how do I get my manager to change? And my, 
my response is always the same. Be the example. Let them see how successful you are. And by watching you, they're going to get inspired and they're going to shift. Because going up to somebody and saying, you know, you're a really lousy reader, uh, leader, rather, go to Scott's website and, um, and you can become better is not an effective method to get inspire someone into their vision as to why they want to go to your website. Uh, that makes sense. No, hundred percent. And that's part of why I wanted, I've worked so hard to find a way to do a community version of this. That's free. Right. And so yeah. that if you wanted to say, and they're also short, right. They're not, here's not a six hour training thing. It's, it's, you know, uh, you know, Hey Scott, uh, I think this can help us work better together. Like here's a scorecard, here's a PDF, here's a thing that's just yeah. I can give away. It's not something buried behind some paywall that somebody is charging $6,000 for. It's just here's a free tool that we can use to work better together. So that's part of why I, I've really wanted to go that approach with it, because I, I see the same thing, right? It's, it's, um, it's, it's not, you're, you're only going to go as far as your team of leaders around you is going to go, right? So how can you, even if you're not a person of authority, even if you're working on your boss, how can you do that? And, and hopefully some of the tools uh, that, that uh, we teach are things that, that can be shared and be used amongst the group, amongst the team of leaders. Mm-hmm. On that note, tell us about your company sure. and you know, what you do, um, why people would want to engage with you and, and your offer. Yeah. No, so so, don't tell you, you save the off to the end, but what you as a company offer not what your offer is, just to be clear. Yeah. So, I mean, our goal, our, our mantra is to empower everyone to lead. Okay. From frontline to senior execs to make sure that they have the training that they need to be, uh, to thrive in the role and to reach their potential as leaders. That's our mission. That's our kind of our mantra is to empower everyone to lead. And we do that through, you know, kind of as we talked about um, on-demand online kind of short form training. We're built very much around the idea of how do we how do we, we recognize that the training that they get from us is about 10% of their journey. So the next 20% is how they interact with people, right? And then the next 70, so how do they get, how do they get experience? 10, 20, 70, right? That's, that's, that's pretty common in the training world, but we've said, how do we actually inspire them and want them to, to take those next steps beyond just watching the video? So a lot of our stuff is really short form because we recognize that sitting and watching this, shifting somebody's thinking isn't a, a 10 hour course. It's a quick here's, here's probably what you do think now. And here's maybe what you need to think. So, and then here's, here's why. And now here's some things to go observe in your world. They're going to help you see those. So, so we are very focused on short form on-demand training, uh, self-paced, but then also backed up with developmental assignments and other things that help people learn. And then we also do coaching. Um, we do uh, one-on-one and we can set up some small group coaching and we can work more directly also with, with companies who maybe have larger groups or something like that that they want to, to want to bring some people in, but, you know, if people are going through it and they say, you know, a three, a few sessions with a coach would be helpful, you know, then we can do some of those things as well. So, so yeah, we're most, you know, we're really set up to uh, help people accelerate their growth and to, to really reach that potential fast. So like I said, it took me 10 years. And when I started to, to kind of level that up and when I decided to do this, it was, it was largely because I didn't have 10 years to watch the people on my team wreck my team while they figure this out on their own. It's like, how do we shortcut this for them? So that's really what we're about. So what I'm hearing is you're simplifying, mm-hmm. you're making things easy, you're focusing on the aha moments mm-hmm. to inspire people, you're really starting them on their journey. And then as a company, 
if you if you if some of the people listening here and a lot of people listening here work in corporate America and work in training or HR operations, if they want to, they could bring you in and have you bring those concepts as a program within their organization to take their organization to another level. Yeah, that is true. That is yeah. that is accurate. Yeah. So it seems like you're really, you know, living social entrepreneurship, right? You're offering something to make a difference. And then you're offering something that people can pay for that is, you know, more for bigger companies, but you're also focusing on the individual. I commend you for what you're doing. I, I really, I do think it's uh, having both these tasks are, are great. And a lot of companies would just be focused on, I want to sell training to companies. And it's very clear from this interview, you're really just trying to change the world, yeah. uh, which is cool. Um, I know you have a great offer using the term more correctly now um, and, and it's uh, worth listening to so why don't you uh, please share that with everyone yeah just if you go to jumpcoach.com um, you can uh, you can get into our training uh, again there's a community version it's 100 free it's the same basic training that that we do in a business version as well the the delivery uh, mechanism is a little bit different the the free version is, is kind of a, a longer form video the the paid version uh, breaks down. Uh, it's just a little bit better experience. Isn't a true LMS? It's it's just a little bit better learning experience. But but uh, the content is basically the same. So if you're curious about what we're doing, or how we're doing it, or how we're training differently, um, you know, again, leadership's about mindset as much as anything. So if you're just curious about what we're doing, or you want to learn more, or you want to get into it, then you can come to the site and you can get into our stuff uh, in the community version at no cost at all. So you can come there and learn. And then if there's more you want to learn, feel free to reach out to me. And, uh, and I'm, you know, more than happy to, I, I love talking about this stuff. You know, this is, this is <laughs> my passion it. project. This is where I'm going to be in the next 10, 15 years. So, uh, so yeah, if you want to talk more, I, I, I love talking more about this and I love to find ways to help people as well. And so you got the community version and now you have the, the corporate version or the thing, et cetera. How do you charge for that? So we charge right now um, on a per person basis um it's it's a basically lifetime access and what it adds again it adds uh, a better uh, learner experience the videos are broken down they're bookmarkable uh we've built in quizzing and flashcards into each module so that there's that immediate uh stuff uh immediate uh you know active learning uh cycle as part of it so it's a little bit better experience but it's largely the same content but it is licensed on a per person basis and then if we work with large organizations we can actually license the content into their lms as well so there's a couple of different ways that so we your stuff your stuff is scorm built-in scorm yeah mm -hmm. yeah perfect excellent yeah. okay we're at the end but i have that one last question all my <laughs> listeners know uh if you had one tip to share with our audience what would that be yeah, so I touched on a little bit, and let me go a little bit deeper on this, this idea of what's called moments that matter, right? Leadership happens. Like if you think leadership is working through others, but when does that happen? When does that working through others part happen? So leadership, it happens in those moments of interaction between two or more people. And again, if in that interaction, people get what they need, they get clarity, they get direction, they feel good about themselves, they feel good about the relationship, then you're going to thrive as a leader, you're going to do really well. But if in those moments, people get things they don't need like confusion or doubt or or they they question their status in in your relationship you know then then you're really going to struggle as a leader and it's in those moments where a lot of people think they're doing the right things and they think they're being a helpful leader they're telling people what to do they're saying here's how i would do it right what happens a lot of times you're giving people things they don't need 
you're giving things, you're giving people things they don't want, and they end up feeling bad about the relationship. And if you think about, you know, a, a lot of the, 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 the pivot points that you may have had with past bosses where you said, maybe this isn't for me, or maybe this, this, this situation isn't good. It's often a simple moment where the boss was trying to be helpful or trying to do something right, but they ended up doing something wrong. So it's really leadership is about mastering those small moments that matter. And it, it, gives, it gets into how do you delegate, which we talked about a little bit earlier. How do you coach problem solving? When somebody brings you a problem, it's not your job to have the answer. Right. A lot of times it's your job to help them think and come up with the answer themselves and they get the reward for having solved the problem. Right. If somebody shares an idea, you're wired to see every problem with that idea. You got to shut that down and be curious and say, tell me more about this idea. Let me hear about it. As opposed to just saying, well, I don't think that'll work or I don't like that. Right. That's a lot of times how we respond. But in that moment, you've just damaged that relationship and your ability as a leader. So really, if, if you could just take one thing away from this, it's that leadership happens in those moments. And if you want to be a great leader, you've got to start paying attention to those moments and learn to do those better. You know, it's, it's interesting as you share this. Um, I worked for many, many years to, for two co-CEOs and I directly reported to both. Hmm. And one of them I would go to and I would say, I've got this issue and they would ask me a lot of really good questions and they would go, you know, you got lots of possible answers and they, you know, here's some of the possible answers. I know there are others. And he says, Evan, I trust you'll make a good decision. Mm -hmm. The other person I would go to and I would, you know, share the problem and they go, Evan, this is what you should do. And one day the person, because I stopped going to the person that told me what to do. Because my goal wasn't to take the responsibility off my shoulder. The goal was to seek advice and make a good decision. And he comes to me and says, Evan, you never come to me for advice. I said, because I don't get advice. I get told what to do. Yeah. And, and it was interesting because he shifted. He ended up becoming an amazing, amazing uh, manager. Uh, not necessarily because of my one thing, but accumulation of things. He, he matured, uh, which you know gets back to the whole ripple effect, et cetera. Yeah, Scott, 90, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure. 90% right? of the time, they're trying to be helpful. Like oh, most yeah. times, they're just trying to be helpful, but they're trying to be helpful in a way that isn't helpful. So that's, yeah, yeah it's a great example. Great example. It's how, it's how people receive it too. It's absolutely. Scott, you've been a great guest. Very interesting. Uh, I wish you great success. I want to thank my audience very, very much for being here and listening without you. Wouldn't have a show. I also want to thank my sponsors at the C-Suite, C-Suite TV, C-Suite Radio. Uh, you are a terrific support to the show. I really appreciate all of you. Everyone have a great day. Training Unleashed is brought to you by Tortal Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to Tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's Tortal.net, T-O-R-T-A-L, Tortal.net. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>